There we go. Hi. Hello. So my cough is almost gone. That's good. It's been a hell of a week. So I had the cough through the trip up to Cooperstown. And NyQuil was a nice respite at night, but it's acetaminophen. I was drinking more than four drinks a day through the weekend, so I wasn't able to take NyQuil. So the medication didn't work? The Mucinex, I took the Mucinex regularly, but it didn't, um, it helped with a lot, early on it helped with a lot of the drainage and mucus and stuff, but it didn't really help with the tickle in the back Hmm. of my throat that was making me cough. So then, over the, like last Friday or something, like I was coughing so much and like coughing so hard to get the, you know, the mucus out, that like I kind of, well... It was last week when we were doing the show. I kind of like popped an ear out type thing because mm-hmm. of the congestion and whatnot. So I I messed up my ears, like like not just minorly. Like um, it's cause like I feel like like it's actually better today for the first day that it's noticeably better. But it was kind of like a tinnitus where um, ears were ringing a lot. Wow! But then anytime I was like, if I turned on. The sink, like the sound of the running water, would kind of like make like my ears like close in, like kind of feel like I was in a tunnel or something, like kind wow. of like damp and stuff. That's it's, weird. So I've been waiting for my ears to heal. I, I may have had an ear infection. I've never been diagnosed with an ear infection before, so that would be different. And they weren't really hurting, but they're you know they were kind of clogged from everything else that I had. So maybe they got infected. Um. So I'm hoping that. Uh, Today seems better, and I was in some noisy rooms with some kids at a cousin's birthday party. So, um, but yeah, it's it's like, like you know, it's the point where like, okay, another day or two, and if not, I'm going to have to go to the doctor on, for this stuff. So, <clears throat> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, it does seem like beer keeps the cough at bay. So that's oh, good. well, that that's good. That was that was different than last week. <laughs> yes, last week. I mean, that's what it seems like. We'll see. Tonight will be the test. Uh, we talked about last week's show. We banked a show last week. And um, I'm going to probably try to spend some time editing it, take out some of the coughing and stuff. But we'll see if I actually commit to that <laughs> or not. Uh, I mean, we don't have a show unless you want to do a show Sunday. I'm going to be gone until Saturday, until oh, okay. late Saturday next week. I leave Tuesday, and I will be back till Saturday. Back till Saturday. Um, I can just play the bank show, or yeah. I mean, Alan, you probably don't want to come up again tomorrow. I mean, we could. I could. I could possibly do that. Um. Yeah, we we could look into that. I mean, if you really want to, otherwise, we can just use the bank show. We got it there. So it's up to you. I like the idea of keeping a bank show around, uh, one way or another. Uh, whether that means that we bank a show. Tomorrow we use last week's show, or mm-hmm. we right. keep that show, and you want to try, try, try to edit the, the coughs out of it. That you know, it might be uh, more pleasing to the ears. Right. It should be pretty easy to spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, so tomorrow sounds fine. As long as we can figure out stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Yeah, so I still have a little bit of cough, but I don't think it's going to be as crazy as last week. So, one thing we did talk about in the bank show then is we talked about Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we can talk about episode two now. What yeah. do you think? Episode two was um, is interesting. I, I actually, I, I, 
intend to watch it again. I was a little bit distracted when I watched it. I watched mm-hmm. it because it was there, but I had to do something for work on the computer, so I was kind of only like half watching it. But you you tweeted to me or sent me an IM about you know how tense the show was. Yeah, and how uh, I, I had forgotten how, forgot how like how the show is just constantly tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's never uh, any kind of respite from the pressure, yeah. and uh, the. Um, well, of course, there's a scene, the, you know, the obvious scene where he's he's grinding up. They like grinding up bodies, don't they, in Fargo? Yes. <laughs> but there's a scene where he's grinding up the body, and then the cop comes in, or the deputy or sheriff or whoever that was. And then, um, but, you know, there's the other scene where the, the thugs are coming in looking for the uh, younger brother in the typewriter shop. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, I like that scene a lot. That was a fun scene. Those are... Those nice dialogue-driven mm-hmm. scenes where, uh, where you know everybody stands, but there's still a lot of tension going on. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I do want to watch it again, but uh, I think it's interesting that that, that if you, I, I didn't catch it, but I was reading some other stuff that that did catch it. Okay. They explained the UFO. Oh. Oh the the mylar the mylar balloons. Yeah. I, I was wondering when I saw the mylar balloons if that was. The UFO or not. So, he was mesmerized by this thing that was shining lights in him, but really it was the lights of the un- of right. Kirsten Dunst in her oncoming car reflecting off of a mylar balloon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the actual the footage we saw was done up to make it a little yeah. more spectacular, but that's just an imagination running away, right? I mean, that's... He's on coke, he just killed some people. It's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. I saw the balloons, and I was wondering if that was it. But, they, you know, I didn't quite process the, you know, imagination, you mm-hmm. know, running away with a couple of sparkly balloons. Yeah, I, I didn't. It, it didn't hit me until somebody mentioned it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that does mm-hmm. do a great job of, at the very least, giving a plausible, yeah. you know, something to latch on to. So. be fun if they bring the aliens back, though. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily put it past the show to imply something like that. Not mm-hmm. not to be very straightforward about it, right, but to right. imply something like that, I can mm-hmm. see that. That's yes. you. Yes, that was me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just happy it's not a cough. Uh, okay. Um, let me um, let me. Exp- I was thinking about the stuff, uh, the science stuff that I'm trying to address, and and even a. a I don't know, qu- complaint or question you had about what I was tr- trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go uh, step step back from it a little bit and sort of explain. You said you, so you said you weren't sure where I was going necessarily with the stuff I was getting. Okay. Uh, and I, I admit that's sort of true mostly because I, I don't necessarily know where I'm going. What I'm trying to do is I noticed that when I would talk to you about some of this stuff after I got past a certain point, I would keep going, 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 and you'd pretty much lose interest because it would be just stuff that didn't you didn't understand, concepts you weren't familiar with, and it would just go on for me five minutes talking about something, mm-hmm. and you just be like lost. So my idea is that these concepts, like I said, there's no direct way for to for me to explain all these things in English, but I can give you concept by concept. And if you start to understand the concepts, 
then you can start to put together stuff. So I don't know whether I'm necessarily directing you towards a thought, but I'm just trying to sort of give you the idea of, of what these concepts are so you can start thinking about that in that way okay. and then put things together. Now, what's interesting that I haven't been doing with what I should be doing uh, is whenever you have a question, that's always awesome for me, particularly when I don't know, because that gives me something to look into. Okay. Uh, and so I want to hear your questions. I want to hear where this doesn't make sense. If I can't explain it, I'm going to find out. That's because this is not this is not me telling you stuff. This is me saying, "All right, here's what I know. Right. Here's how I can get these concepts to you." And if you give me something that I don't understand, I'm going to say, "Yeah, I don't understand that either. Let me find out, and we can both learn together." Okay. Let's do this. All right. You ready to do some lines? Let's do this shit. <laughs> Look, feel good. I, I did want to get into something slightly different. I wanted to get a bit into uh, general relativity. Okay. Uh, not a subject, again, that I'm super well equipped to handle uh, the, the vagaries of, but the general concepts behind it. I think people often uh, miss what a light cone is. Okay. Um, because you hear described and, and you see it sort of drawn out, but it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like something that you can appreciate. What it, what it, what a light cone is, what a future light cone is, and, and a past light cone, that sort of thing. Okay. So I thought of a way, maybe. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. Yeah. So I thought of a way, maybe to to give an idea of what that means. Uh, in, in, in a way that somebody could understand. And you, you, you tell me if this is okay. approaching weirdness at any point. If you, if you were to take a laser pointer and shine it up at the sky, you basically have a, a very co- well-collimated light source that goes up, and as it, it'll start spreading out into sort of a cone. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, you know, flashlight, whatever, lasers just... Flashlight will be easier for someone to visualize. For someone to visualize. I mean, a laser looks like Mm -hmm. two parallel, a parallel beam. Right. Um, Granted, on the scales you're talking, it's a cone, but, you you know, just feedback, start out with flashlight. Okay, so you have a flashlight, and and as you get further from a wall, you notice that the the light gets larger and larger because you're projecting a cone. Uh, If you were to do that at every point around a sphere, like, say, around the Earth, Mm -hmm. you'd have this, basically, this cone coming from the earth this basically circle that is radiating outwards from the earth at the speed of light right so a cone is helpful when you're plotting time on like an xyz mm-hmm. axis type chart right that's where a cone comes in where when you're actually talking in 3d like you just mentioned a bubble a growing bubble kind of makes more right. sense. A cone is is a section of that bubble, essentially. Just like uh, when, when when you're dealing with when you get into calculus, you're talking about conic sections. You're talking about taking a cone and slicing it and seeing what that mm-hmm. uh, what that curve looks like. So if you think about that, you think about sort of these bubbles, these these perfectly spherical bubbles that that come out, and that is the that's the maximum speed that. Anything to interact with each other and pass information is, right. is this bubble going out at the speed of light. So what general relativity is about is that 
that whole concept takes place on what we call a flat. Or, sorry. Sorry. I, I think it would be helpful for the listeners if we... I, I just thought of a way to explain the bubble to cone type thing. Okay. okay. So you're looking at this chart where the x-axis is time. Okay. And the y-axis is... The, like, so you're seeing this cone grow along the x-axis. And what is the y-axis? Well, the y-axis, if you turn that chart 90 degrees so you're looking at the bottom of the cone that circle mm-hmm. is kind of the cross section of the bubble in 3d yes right so the further in time the bigger that circle is mm-hmm. when you're looking at it on its side though you can and you're looking at it as time is the x-axis that's where the cone comes that's, into yeah, play. It turned, yeah or i guess in just a 2d graph like i'm explaining it's a triangle and not a cone but you know there's what would the? It's a triangle where all the side. It, where it, it. Okay, so in this chart, x is time. Yeah. Y is. Uh, space. Space Z because it's cone, right? So yeah. I guess. Okay, so Y and Z are the width and depth of space. I guess is the way to kind of. Because yeah, it's they, cone. Because there's right, really because yeah. X and Z are the same value right. in this chart. But it's a cone instead of a triangle, so you have to have that dimension too. So yeah, I think you can look at it in, in that way. But um, what special relativity assumes is simply a so-called flat spacetime. That 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 what what Jeff was talking about is completely flat. So those cones are existing on this flat space. Mm-hmm. This sphere is existing in this flat space. What general relativity about is about is the topology of that space. So instead of that space that the bubble is coming out of being perfectly spherical, it can get deformed by energy. Right. So if there's another energy nearby, then the perfect sphere might get slightly deformed in how it propagates. There's going to be wells around massive objects, things like that. And it's those deformations that occur because of energy, and, and massive objects are essentially large amounts of energy. That is what general relativity is talking about. And that's why it's so complicated, because you're talking about these very uh, intricate s- dynamics of, <coughs> of surfaces and, typolo- and topology, which is very intense geometry. Mm-hmm. But that's the basis for how we understand gravity right now. We don't understand gravity like we do electrodynamics, it's just a topological function. We we think that you could, in principle, describe gravity in a quantum way, but we the energy level would be so low that we don't know of a way to do it. I, I sort of tweeted yesterday something that, that's really related to this, okay. which is that... Should you play your... Uh... Oh, Good point. <laughs> I do have a uh, a new theme song that we created from Diddy. If you haven't played with Diddy, it's fun. It's yeah. kind of like, a, well, it's, you put in 50 characters and you can pick kind of a song and it actually puts your words in and like does like a vocal rendition. Sometimes yeah. it's good, sometimes it's bad. And then we just discovered the video feature where it's kind of like Vine, so you can put like your own video behind it, which is uh, kind awesome. of fun. Oops, that was just the end. <laughs> 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 <All right. clears throat>
Greg explains this. Yes, the vocals aren't super clear. Yeah. So you kind of need the video to kind of edge you along, but it says it's Greg that explains his tweets. The the tweet that, that I that definitely wanted to explain was heat death is just the end of electromagnetism as a major as a major player in the evolution of the universe. Don't be sad, it's only four percent of it. It's the four percent that we can see. It's the four percent that we can see when you interact with, but uh, the point is that it's just four percent of the universe, and so different dynamics take over once heat death or become a major player in the universe. We don't know what that means in terms of complex structures and other things that can that, that, that can occur. We just know that we're taking this four percent that we're a part of, and we're sort of assuming that that's everything. Mm-hmm. But heat death just refers to that. Well, if it's the only four percent we interact with, then for us, it's not. It's, it's, it's kind it's, of important. It's sort of sad but you, but if you're just four percent of something you shouldn't be too sad about it right i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know that's it's kind of you're taking four percent of <coughs> excuse me you know you're, you're using an argument that would work in other realms and kind of just expanding it out to this four percent of matter or of, of well I, of material I'm using the, the same yes I'm using the same argument that would work in other in other places and saying that since the same argument works there unless you can give me a reason why this same argument shouldn't work here the same argument does work here <sighs> and oh, let me come back to that one. <laughs> right. The other, the other tweet that I made, which is important, uh, if reality changes, I'll adjust my beliefs accordingly. I saw all your tweets this week, I guess. All the important ones, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of Star Wars... Um, yes, I saw those too. <laughs> star- <laughs> just trying to get people to uh, to respond. Uh, Greg was trolling the Star Wars Trolling trailer. Star Wars, yeah. Wait, okay, so let's talk Why about Why weren't that. you trolling Back to the Future, too? I figured you'd be all over that as well. Because it was, it was like... Uh, there's what else could I say? <laughs> there's a lot I figured. I thought you were, I was expecting you to, after you trolled the Star Wars mm-hmm. trailer. I figured you were going to troll the hell out of Back to the Future Day. I, I figured that I've already done my back, bit of Back to the Future trolling. I mean, I just I feel like Rick and Morty <laughs> takes Back to the Future yeah. to its to a much better level than I could ever do with it. So okay. So it was all right. What do you think of the Star Wars trailer? Let's just get to it. Oh, it's good. Um, kind of, you know, it's a lot better than the teaser trailer. You get an idea of what's what. Mm-hmm. One thing I really was was it this trailer? So I was showed it to Max on YouTube, and then there was a couple related links, right? And um, somehow I ended up on IMDb and saw that Andy Serkis is playing, like, the new Sith Lord mm-hmm. or something like that, right? The the emperor, new emperor, Sith Lord, something yeah. like that. And then I kind of saw that, like, it was revealed in this, like, grand hall with a bunch of stormtroopers, and he was up on the stage, and he's just a little black shadow, and everyone's like, new character revealed right there, way back there, that very blurry, pixelated character revealed! <clears throat> Which I thought was an interesting reaction. <laughs> uh... 
I, I, I thought that the trailer was very good. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see it. I'm not going to be seeing it on the first night. <laughs> I don't no, I'm not going to go premiere night, yeah. but I do so badly want to take Max, you know, the first weekend mm. type thing. He'll enjoy that. I don't know if I if I need to see it the first weekend or even the second weekend. It's going to be well, if it's going to be like excruciatingly difficult to get a ticket the first weekend, which it might be. Yeah. Then yeah, I'll go off to the second weekend. But I mean, while the hype is still hot and heavy, yeah. I want to take Max. I want to take Max to a full, like mostly full theater, mm-hmm. and and watch Star Wars. Uh, it certainly seemed like there was actual filmmaking taking place as opposed to those first three prequels where. Ugh, God help you. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think... I can't see J.J. Abrams, you know, just putting out schlock. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to try to put, you know, his signature... Right, but on, I, I also think, I mean, like, you could see the actors emoting. I mean, there, <laughs> there were points where it's a director has to let the actors be actors and not yeah. just be... Ciphers for what, a how, screenplay. What was the what was the factor that made the actors so stiff in the prequels? That George Lucas was sitting on his chair drinking coffee the whole time, just saying, "Okay, do this," and they were doing everything in front of green screens where they couldn't see anything. Oh, so they didn't have enough information to. to they didn't have enough it. information. Yeah. They they weren't given a chance to stray from the material. They weren't given a chance yeah. to to. I mean, like even Samuel Jackson. Yeah, you know was. I had to stick up his ass. Yeah. And, you know... Because, I mean, like, they couldn't... They couldn't... Emo- you, you can't run or, or act if if all you have is this 5 by 5 space where you have to stay in because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's all green screen. Right. Even though you project this massive, massive arena, if there's actually nothing there, you can't do the kind of space right. work that you need to do in order to emote. Oh. So do you think, actually, the physical constraints kept the... Absolutely. Oh, I never considered that. That's interesting. So you're working in a phone booth. You can't emote the the passion. You know, Samuel Jackson looks like Mm -hmm. a a stick in the mud as opposed to, you know, the bad motherfucker Mm -hmm. that he is. Yeah, he has to stay at a particular X point. He can't move anywhere. But, I mean, it doesn't, it's not logical at first glance that him not being able to move makes his dialogue so stiff. It, but maybe it does, right? I mean, you're 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 taking away somebody's tools, uh, and if you take away enough of their tools, they can't get the job done. Even if they have the proper tools for this particular scene, you're not giving them access to all the tools they would need to be, sure. you know, as, as full as they can be. And those are things that they rely. I wonder on. if the maybe maybe the uh, you know the constraints of how they could move. Like, maybe if they went just a little bit off course, there was a shadow on the green screen, you know, and fucking it up and whatnot. Yeah. So maybe they, like, had to be right on the mark for the shot, you know? Because, I mean, it was green screen CGI. When did, when did the prequels come out? I mean, when first prequel came out in 2003 or so? Something like that. Everything was, like, all the scenes were, you know, done in shot revert. It was shot like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. You had A camera, B camera. Which is, uh, you know, and this is Red Letter Media pointing this out, but this, this is this is used for efficiency because mm-hmm. you have to do, you have to, you have to make things, you have to make an hour Every show <laughs> five times a week. This, this is a major movie, and they're shooting it in A camera, B camera, right? <laughs> and that's just it. And they do a scene, and they're done. And there's no like, there's no. I'm I'm not saying that he that 
Kubrick is necessarily the the, the, the finest example like of, of an actor's director, but Kubrick would do scenes two three hours he would for a single scene, mm-hmm. and sometimes what he wanted was for actors to be exhausted to the point where they weren't they stopped acting, and they right. sort of let themselves out. There are people who are better actors directors. I think J.J. Abrams is a better actors director. He can pull performances mm-hmm. out of people, right? Uh, even Spielberg, I think, is a good actors director. He can pull sort of natural performances out right. of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like you know, like you like the you know overreactions galore. People mm-hmm. crying for the trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did get emotional, but it was because I was watching Max watch the trailer, yeah. and he was into it, you know, so it was, you know, a whole parent-type emotion, and not... And part of, well, part of it does tie back, like, it's really cool that Star Wars is still a thing, something that was so important when I was six years old, you know, is important to my son. That's kind of cool. So, from what I understand, the, the, the thoughts, that I, the understanding I had at the story doesn't seem to be correct. The stuff that I thought was like stuff, it doesn't necessarily seem to be accurate. So I'm wondering if any theories you have. I have, I have a few theories about what the story might be. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't really thought about that. Um, let me let me try to think about it real quick here. Might want to come back to this next week or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, my my initial thought was when I watched the trailer, it wasn't the universe I had imagined, Mm -hmm. you know, after return of the Jedi fireworks in every city across the inner, you know, the core of the galaxy and even the outer rim. And it looks like the rebels had won. The government has fallen. You know, that's kind of where it looked like. Right. And then you see this trailer and the empire is still a formidable force. It seems like the rebellion has kind of uh, fizzled. I mean, mm. the, the this part when Han Solo is talking about mm-hmm. stuff that should be founding lore of the New Republic, and it's like just kind of fairy tales. Well, it, I mean, because the two young characters yeah. it, had heard these fairy tales about the Sith and the Jedi and stuff like that, and the fact that they're fairy tales and not founding lore surprised me. And so I think that the Republic is not the Republic I had imagined that would be 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Um, it might look more like kind of what the world looks like in Star Wars Rebels, where the government or the, the Empire still has a pretty hefty rule, but they don't rule mm-hmm. as much as they did in A New Hope through Return of the Jedi. But, um, you know, they're getting there, and it seems like the Empire has quite a hold on things. It it does not seem like the New Republic is a viable government in the trailer. I, I think that that's a little... I mean, from what I understand, we're still looking at... It seems like we're still looking at backwater planets, right? We're not necessarily seeing... You, you think seeing, you think the empire is kind of relegated to the outer rim then, or I don't know. I I believe that we're not necessarily seeing like the center of the republic's power. No, I I think that's that's part of what the original trilogy did so well is you know there's not any 
there's no scenes on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they start doing Coruscant scenes in episode two, well, they could be they could have been cool, but because the way the <laughs> Lucas directed yeah. it, it, it wasn't cool at all. Episode one, I guess that's because that's where the Senate was. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It wasn't episode episode two was the one where they were actually showing like the outside of Coruscant yeah. and things like that. You know, where they're doing the whole car chase thing. Uh, so I, I think the it's kind of probably a good idea to stick with outer rim planets. Um, but I mean, the the New Republic formed in the outer rim. Like how you know? So I I, I don't know. I mean. I mean that's where the rebellion. Took I think hold, right? I think that so. part of part of the appeal of Star Wars is the idea that it's sort of taking place on a frontier that there is mm-hmm. not. I hear you. you know, it's not politics. <laughs> it's it's action and adventure. Um, so yeah, it kind of has to take place in that. Oh, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Maybe there's parts of the out. You know, just sticking with the terminology, parts of the outer rim that aren't under control of either mm-hmm. and the rebel or the empire has a stronghold there. It just everything in the trailer makes them still look like they're the ruling government. Oh, they're definitely still around one way or another. Yeah, but they look like I mean they look like the ruling government, but you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. So I don't know if they've real enough plot for that, but I here's what I think though. Uh The Force Awakens is the name. So I believe Especially since the very first line was, who are you? I'm nobody, right? I think that the first... I think that the idea here is that whatever... When Darth Vader got killed, whatever that whole stuff was in the in, in, mm-hmm. in the in the first three of bringing balance to the Force, I think the whole idea is the Emperor gets killed and after a certain amount of time, suddenly Force-sensitives start appearing everywhere. The Force awakens in a sense oh, that all okay. of a sudden you start to get people all over the place starting to be force-sensitive. Now, what do you do when there's no Jedi Order to to keep right. that in check? or the, And there's really no Sith to, to try to recruit people. There are other factions now trying to get in on the whole force stuff that's awakening around them. Oh. That's interesting. So, I'm trying to think... I mean, other than Luke and Leia, Luke is the only one that... Is there anyone else alive that has... Well, I, I guess they don't have to be alive, right? Because, I mean, Luke can get Jedi knowledge from the ghosts of Ben and Yoda. and Assuming they stay... They last around forever. I mean, yeah, I don't know yeah, how yeah. that works. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I guess they could fade out. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be curious, right? I, I like your plot. You know, you would figure... The New Republic would start a new Jedi Order. Didn't seem to work last time. Uh, it worked up until the Sith infiltrated the leaderships of the, <laughs> of the you know. So like Hydra getting rid of getting into S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just would seem that would be the logical thought, right? You know. Luke would be training some Padawans, and uh, that's really interesting. I never thought about the, like, because there's a vacuum that, you know, the Force would put out more Force-sensitive sentient beings, you know, like, more and more, because, like, you know, some, like, there's a quota. There's, like, a Force quota, 
and in the original series, original trilogy, a huge majority of that quota was being consumed by Vader and the Emperor. Right. And now that they're gone, you know, it it doesn't manifest itself in one or two beings. But or in, maybe the Emperor was suppressing the Force <clears throat> somehow, or who knows? Yeah. I mean, they come up with all types of, of ways to explain it, but just... Are you surprised that um, Luke isn't in the trailer at all? No. Uh, I'll just say that. Okay. Do you know anything about his role in the movie? Or? I have some inkling uh, about it. I've read okay. some inkling about it, so... I see. He, he appears. His hand appears. Oh, okay. Right, the... The glove or no, the oh. shroud into the robot hand oh, okay. on on R two D two. Oh, I missed it. I didn't okay. see that part. So he appears, but like his face doesn't appear. The only thing I know about you know back you know behind the scenes stuff is that Hamill had to grow a beard and hated it and had to keep it for a while. So um, that's about all I know about that. So at least he's yeah. at least he's in a few scenes with a beard. I did like there was a. The one scene for the trailer that was like, oh, this this might this might be really awesome was because I'm not a huge fan of lightsaber battles. I find them to be atrocious, um, you know, because they're all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the ones in, in the original trilogy were much more interesting than the ones in the new, the first three because mm-hmm. they turned into these, I don't know, these dance numbers, which is not interesting yeah. to me. But but there was a scene where the bad guy is coming at. Uh, the good guy with the other lightsaber, favorite and he but he doesn't appear to really know the good guy doesn't really know what to do with the saber so he's kind of like holding into these uh, and you yeah. see him going like whoa right and it was just that that sort of moment of pure kind of acting there mm-hmm. sold that like half second thing it, it sold me on that I said okay that's going to be a film well because he was just like oh, what the fuck's going to happen I don't know I'm fighting a Sith yeah. Lord <clears throat> So uh, yeah, that was that was cool. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I it's one of those things where I wish I wish that distribution has now had gotten to the point where you don't have to go to a theater to see it right away. I'd be happy watching it at home. Yeah, that's a movie I'd go to the theater to see. I don't think so because the reason why I, I got a seventy-inch TV and surround sound, and still, you know, there's certain things I still want to watch in a theater. I the reason why I I don't want to watch in a theater is because of the pain of I really hate theaters that are uh, <coughs> that are full of people. Non and and you have to find either you get there an hour early. <laughs> To, to find it, mm-hmm. just to, I mean, usually you have to get there two hours early to get a good seat. You get there an hour early, and you find a decent seat that you're not craning your neck in in some way to do it, mm-hmm. and you're not surrounded by people who are talking and whispering and blah 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 the whole time. So, okay, I think that yeah, I would like to see it on a huge screen with the amazing sound system. But all things being equal, I would rather just be able to see it, watch it in my own, you know, on my own time. Mm-hmm. And just get the experience without having to be shoved into some craning my neck in some weird way, or else having to be there right. two hours before. Okay, uh, it's a point, especially you know, like you hit a matinee two weeks into it, and you should be okay. Yeah, hell, if you hit a matinee week of, you might be okay. Yeah, you might be, probably. 
the um on back to the future day there's are you familiar with Rojas cinema in lawrenceville it's a little like independent like one screen theater it's by the atlas bottle shop there but they were showing all three back to the mm-hmm. future triple feature only 17 dollars the triple feature <laughs> That you're only getting one and a half good movies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're also watching a triple feature in a theater of people that are going to have fun with the shitty Back to the Future three as well. It's so. not like you're watching The Room, right? I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> still would be fun to watch. <laughs> Back to the Future Day. I had a couple, th- you know, kids were sick, had a homeowners association meeting, so it was just wasn't in the cards. Mm. But uh, it would have been fun to at least see Back to the Future 2 in a crowded theater. On Back Did to you the see Day. the At Midnight where Chris Hardwick went on this thing about the Back to the Future uh, the theory? I don't, think, I don't think I saw that one. Oh, God. I have to, have to play this for you. Then. I'm all caught up, I think, unless my downloader didn't download it. It should be online so we can just play this. But maybe I did see it. What was he, What was one of the things he was talking about? Basically, it was how it was how uh, Back to the Future related to nine eleven. It's eleven. I don't think I, I don't know. Okay, so, yeah, all right. You, you don't have to watch. This is the Tuesday episode. It's eleven fifty nine and fifty nine seconds. This happened on MLB dot com today. The city of Chicago has been drunk for a week straight. Now that the Cubs are in sure the playoffs, right they're down in the. Oh, arrived in our present. All now, right, here we go. Don't you know what this means on today of all days? It means that the prophecies of Back to the Future are true. That's right. Today, officially now October 21st, 2015, is the day Marty McFly arrived in our present. Now, some of you might be too young to remember this, but today used to be the future. Just ask your parents. Now, we all love Back to the Future, but one man, YouTuber Barely Human 11, figured out what it's really all about. This is because the Twin Pines are the Twin Towers. The Pines are the Towers. Pines, Towers. And the Twin Pines Mall is the Twin Towers Mall. He's not f***ing kidding! That guy is as serious as 9-11. But guys, there's more. I watched all seven of Barely Human 11's videos, and I gotta stay. it's starting to make a lot of sense. Just hear me out! <clears throat> Robert Zemeckis, a precog and conduit who made Back to the Future and set it to today's date, just released his new movie, The Walk, which is in theaters today. And what's it about? A guy rigging a wire between the Twin Towers. Now, Doc Brown gets a letter detailing how he will be killed by Libyans, a.k.a. terrorists back then, in 30 years, and he's given that letter while he's doing what? Hanging a wire off a tower! Come on, guys! You want to know what the protagonist of The Walk is wearing? Well, buckle the fuck up, because he's dressed a little bit like Marty McFly! All right? Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Great. Hang on to your tinfoil hats, because we're just getting this shit started now. Christopher Lloyd is Jesus because he rises from the dead in the Lone Pine Mall parking lot because trees are from Christmas, and that's Jesus' birthday, sort of. But he is also Zeus because he destroys a clock with a lightning bolt, and obviously the clock represents Kronos, the god of time. Okay, so he's assisted by his brothers, Hades and Poseidon. Poseidon rules under the sea, meaning he might be at, oh, I don't know, the enchantment under the goddamn sea dance? Huh? Are you guys getting all this? Also, Marty is the god Hades. I will let Barely Human Eleven explain. Luckily, Hades is so clearly represented by Marty McFly that it is almost laughable. <laughs> now, the comic book cover that the farmer kid has says he's from Pluto. Did you hear that? F- 
fucking Pluto, the Roman god of the underworld, whom the Greeks called what? Hades! Ah, ha, 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 ha. Ah. And even though we're not talking about Roman mythology, he's technically still Hades, plus Libyans. What, they, what do they want? Plutonium. Plutonium. Is your mind still in your fucking skull? When Marty's warned about the lightning strike on the clock tower, strike on the tower, he's warned with a flyer by this clock-locking frumpadillo right here. While over her shoulder they be, they're being watched by what? This right here, the all-seeing eye of Horus. Oh my God! Now we all know this has to do with the Illuminati and founding fathers and Da Vinci codes and shit, but there's way more. When old Biff breaks into the time machine and steals the Gray Sports Almanac, he takes a cab from a company called Luxor. Guess what comes up when you Google Luxor? I mean, other than tickets to Carrot Top's show, it's a ton of spooky Egyptian pyramids. Oh my God! Which is what? Where the Eye of Horus is from? And oh, by the way, the Gray Sports Almanac that I just mentioned. You know what that means, right? aliens because of the word grays that's what we call it behind their backs plus this little book has stars on it which duh aliens live up there in the stars and because look 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 here you see marty mcfly with the book and behind him is what posters of the fucking moon landing <laughs> posters of space and stuff in an antique store are you doubting the connection well you the store also has a stuffed roger rabbit no big deal right what's the big deal about that well you're wrong roger rabbit set in 1947 the same year aliens were first documented in roswell new mexico open your <coughs> now the tunnel that biff chases marty through before doc who represents jesus who saves him is the griffith tunnel in griffith park the same goddamn tunnel that judge doom aka doc brown is standing outside in who framed roger rabbit get another tunnel zemeckis now why is Christopher Lloyd in two movies that are inarguably connected? No time to get to that now, but get a load of this The Griffith Tunnel sits directly under the Griffith Observatory, a place devoted to contacting the heavens, and guess what's in front of the Griffith Observatory? You're right, an Egyptian novelist devoted to horse and the fucking eye thing again! What does this all mean when we boil it down? Well, it's simple. It means the Illuminati are aliens who planned 9-11 and killed President Kennedy. President Kennedy, by the way, what the fuck does he have to do with all this? Everything, sheeple! Now, that's a bust of JFK's head right next to the Roger Rabbit doll. And if that's not enough, listen, listen, Doc has a head wound in the exact same spot as the JFK kill shot, right there. Plus, when Marty mentions the street John F. Kennedy Drive, which is what John F. Kennedy was doing when he was shot driving, he makes a gun with his hand very clearly right here while sitting next to his mom, Lorraine Baines, who's still really hot. Baines, LB, as in Lyndon Baines, the vice president who succeeded JFK to be president. Don't you see? Stop rolling over, Snoopy. Everything's connected. This is all pretty cut and dry so far, but I'm not done yet. Barely human 11 missed one vital thread of this conspiracy. So let me take it one step further. Look what else Back to the Future 2 predicted. Donald fucking Trump! <laughs> huh? Look at that! Do you see? Are your eyes open? Middle-aged Biff... An alternate 1985 is an evil, rich, thrice-married clown with a ridiculous yellow comb-over. So, comedians... <laughs> so that's, I, I didn't get to see that one, because I haven't seen yeah. Doug Benson on there lately. Everything, except for the uh, Donald Trump thing, was actually, is actually in that guy's video. Like, any, from what we can tell, serious about it. Or a really good troll. Or a really good troll. <laughs> That's a good rant. I wonder how long he had to rehearse that to get that down. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well, we can go. We can move on to the show. Sounds good to me. I'm trying to unlock my computer here. But I can't type my password and talk at the same time. Well, then I will talk for you. I'm Jeff. I'm a fucking idiot. <clears throat> All right. 
We'll see you all on the flip side.